friends you found the show you won't be able to stop listening to what's right here with sam rajovsky that is me your host proud american lost vegan a son of immigrants living the american dream uh very happy to be with you although uh solemn news over the weekend and i want to get to that here and kind of give you my thoughts on on these two shootings one in buffalo new york unfolded uh, on a live stream, believe it or not, this insane uh, and and just disgusting human being uh, went into a, a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, uh, shot and killed 10 people. And uh, and so as, as that was unfolding and we were wrapping our heads around that event yesterday in Laguna Woods, California, uh, there was an, a, a shooting at a church. And as as details are coming from that, we're figuring out what happened. We do know that it was a Las Vegas man who perpetrated violence there. Now, I want a, a note here about how we do things on this program. We do not mention the names of mass shooters. And that is a, a principled position that I have taken for a long time in radio, and I, I just won't get into it. So you will not hear these two. Uh, people's name. We will talk about the victims. We'll talk about some of the uh, heroes uh, here that um, that came in that rushed to help. But we're not going to mention these these the shooters names. So on, you know, look, uh, the, I, I want I, I, I it's hard always to know where to begin with this. It is absolutely senseless. Now, my job here, as I look at everything happening and, and making some sense of it, is to also to react to the reactions. And one of the number one reactions in the wake of these shootings is always, how do we stop it, right? And there's the gun control argument. That always comes up. And then there's the argument, the preemption argument. How do we figure out how to get ahead of this, right? right? So, the, so the guy, the 18-year-old in Buffalo, New York, we know that he was a troubled youth. He was, <laughs> he was signaled to everybody and anybody that would listen that he had these murderous fantasies. We know about him that he was a high school senior. Uh, he was like kids across the country, went to uh, uh, remote learning because of COVID. When he came back from the year or so away from his in-class education, he has showed up in a hazmat suit. He was withdrawn and reclusive. He was uh, seemed to have spent much of his time at home isolated, going down various rabbit holes, studying insane conspiracy theories and becoming radicalized in a just a, a conspiratorial gibberish that he outlined in his 100-page manifesto. Now, I, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to leave that where it is. It does not seem to have been a political... I mean, he hated both political parties, I'll tell you that. He was a racist, no question about that. Had all sorts of things to say about, uh, about races and, and, um, and that. 
Uh, but he certainly had come. He, he came to the attention at the time of his graduation when people in class were saying, well, what are you planning to do after you graduate? And this guy gets up in class and says, well, I would like to plan a murder suicide. And this, of course, gets its way all the way to the not just in the school and disciplinary functions in the school, but they they alert the police, the police interview him and he ends up getting hospitalized for two days. It sounds to me like a 5150 hold is what happened. And at the end of it, they released him. Because there were no constitutional grounds, legal grounds by which to hold him. And that, friends, is now we're at the at the at the nub of it, right? We're at the essence of the issue. How do you hold somebody who can just say, oh, what I was saying was a joke? I didn't mean it. And I have a firsthand experience with this, and I I hope you'll permit me to share because this is a it's actually a um well, it's a story that that I maybe many of you have had uh, where, y- you know, you you come across somebody who you are convinced is as unhinged as one of these mass shooters. They just haven't gotten around to doing anything. And this happened to me some years back when I so I, I many of you don't know my story, but I I've you know, I went to school, I went to college, I dropped out of college and I took a probably a seven-year break. I started a couple of businesses, became fairly successful, and then went back to college to finish my degree so I could go to law school. And it was in that period that I was attending some some night classes at Chapman University in Orange, California, and I had a classmate in a couple of my classes who was absolutely unhinged. I don't know how else to describe it. This guy would uh, talk about mass shootings. He wore black to class. He was withdrawn and socially awkward. He would talk about uh, how to, you know, a a perfect murder, right? How to commit a perfect murder. The the guy was bananas. Uh, Parents were divorced. The mother apparently worked inside school administration. I found this out later. So the kid had a, a certain amount of protection at the school. And... But but the most important thing was, is when when students would come to the administration to complain. There wasn't a whole lot the administrators could do. The guy didn't do anything. He didn't exhibit any violence. He didn't make any immediate threats. He didn't say, I'm going to come to school tomorrow and do X. But he unnerved people, right? To the extent that people. I know a number of students who transferred out of the class. They just didn't didn't want to be anywhere around him. And 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 sometimes, friends, sometimes you are there. There are issues. There are things like this that occur where there's no easy solution to the problem. Where there isn't a law, for example, you know, because the immediate reaction to, to, to events like this is that people want to fix it, right? And in particularly, liberals are very keen to immediately come up with a regulation that would you know, foreclose any future possibility of an event like this occurring. But we know, practically speaking, that that's difficult, also difficult considering the Constitution, which protects all of us from being unjustly persecuted by the government, from having our rights taken away from us without due process. And certainly when it comes to the Second Amendment, you know, that that is a right right prescribed in the Constitution, an important right. So you put all of this together 
And I remember from my personal experience dealing with a, a, a nutter, uh, what I, you know, what I what I came to the conclusion of is, you know, is that there is not an easy solution to this. And two, is the requirement on all of us to be aware and to protect ourselves as much as possible is is of paramount importance. Now, when this happened, the 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 this this murderer, when he went into the store and he attacked. He decided to live stream the event on Twitch, which is a gaming platform where you can stream pretty much anything. Now, within two minutes, that video that was uploaded to Twitch and live streamed and uploaded was taken down by the company. Uh, not before it made its way to the Internet. I, I, because I am here and responsible to talk to you about what happens in the world, I had a look at it and it was awful. And it shook me to my core. One of the things that that really struck me is how quickly everything unfolded. You know, you never know if you're walking into a store, if you're walking into, you know, a, a, a casino, a, a um, you know, a school somewhere. And this guy pulled up with his car right in front of the store. I don't think he even went into a parking spot. He didn't park and walk in. He just pulled up in front of the store, opened his door, and began shooting at people. And I have a couple takeaways from this. One, I don't know how you how you stop that in the moment. I don't, I, you know, there was a security guard who was armed, who did exchange gunfire with the perpetrator, and he was gunned down himself because, of course, the guy, the perp, had body armor, and the security guard did not. Uh, also, was probably outgunned, given that you know the, this this guy came in with a with a heavy you know assault rifle. But um, the 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 thing I have to say is, you just absolutely have to be aware when you pull into a gas station. You have to be aware the crime is rampant, not just mass shootings, but crime. You got to look around you. Is somebody watching you? Is there a car that just pulls up and and people are getting out without getting into a parking spot? You have to be aware of that. In today's world, you know, the most important person that will protect you is you. And one of the great things here in Nevada is that we are able to carry and we can get licensed and 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 be armed, which I, you know, for those capable of doing that, I, I highly recommend you do it. Uh, and the other part of it is you just have to be aware because having the weapon on you is not going to help you. It's not going to matter a hill of beans if you're not acutely aware of your surroundings at all times. This is a absolutely sick and frightening world. And the problem, too, with these these youths, and I I think the bigger part of the story that no one wants to address are the parents. Because if this kid was spouting racist garbage, where were the parents in all of this? They must have heard him saying these things. They must have exchanged some of these views with him. I know the kid's 18, right? He's not a minor. It's it's difficult to hold parents accountable legally. 
But morally, that's the part of the story I think is going to unfold here with um, – And I hope we get more information on it. All right. We've got to take a quick break, friends. Don't go anywhere. More on this. And also, we've had another deadly accident. Speaking of being aware of your surroundings, uh, let me put on my lawyer hat here and and explain, you know, how these things are are avoidable. You really really can do more to protect yourself from getting hurt uh on the roads so all right don't go anywhere what's right here sam Erjofsky, i'll be back right after this sam and ash injury law has been named the official injury attorneys of the henderson silver knights sam and ash injury law they care they help you win 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right Welcome back. What's Right Show here with Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Friends, it's a tough day. The Laguna Woods shooting, by the way, uh, close to home for me, uh, just around the corner from Irvine, Newport, Laguna Beach. These are areas where I grew up and lived for many years. I've driven by the church where the shooting occurred many, many, many times. As I understand it, it was a, a congregation, a Taiwanese congregation. So just heartbreaking that something like that transpired in a church. Laguna Woods also is a retirement community. It's an incorporated uh, leisure world, essentially. Uh, they became an independent city some years back. A nice area uh, you know, homes that are obviously are age restricted. I think it's 55 plus in the community. And, and I know a lot of people that do live there. So this this is something that is certainly a lot closer to home uh, for me than Buffalo, New York. But but uh, the 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 shooting in Buffalo, absolutely tragic. And I and, and again, I just my my takeaway from both of these things is that when you're at church, when you're at school, when you're at the store. You have to pay attention. And I tell my family this all the time. I tell my kids, for example, you know, we we live in a in a part of town where occasionally we'll go and walk over to an area where we can get dinner. And it's along a very busy road. And so there's one particular intersection that is very busy and we cross it. And my kids, I don't know about your kids, I don't know if they're like this, but they always want to get right up to the corner. And I, I tell them, back away from the corner. You, you don't realize this is Vegas. I don't care if it's Vegas. It could be Irvine. It could be Van Nuys. It could be uh, certainly L.A. A- anywhere. You don't put your tiptoes at the edge of the curb. Stand back. I even tell, told my kids yesterday, I said, <laughs> get behind the light pole or get behind the, the traffic signal pole or get behind a tree or something. You do not have to stand right on the corner. Press the little walk request button and then and then hang back because you you know cars come around corners they lose control cars go on red lights when they're not supposed to you've got to have your head on a swivel now i there was a uh an accident that happened over the weekend another bicyclist was hit by an suv in vegas and it happened uh sunday morning about 8 22 a.m and I, I, you know, I guess it was not alcohol related, although speed was a factor. Uh, police are urging uh, folks to slow down on the roads. Um, 
And, and bicyclists, look, there, there's a critical thing you have to understand if you're on a bike. You're next to invisible to cars on the road. Drivers, for the most part, are looking for other cars. They're not looking for motorcyclists. They're not looking for bicyclists. They're not looking for pedestrians. When you are a bicyclist, a motorcyclist, a pedestrian, you have to be acutely aware of your surroundings. I also think you, you know, it, the, the more color and, and lights and anything you can put on your bike, the better. And finally, the extent to which you can stay off the roads and be in areas where there are designated bike lanes, the better. And I'm looking at where the scene happened. It's a quiet residential neighborhood, North Las Vegas. It does not look like there's a bike lane. And all it took was for the driver of the car to look down, answer a text, pick up something, change stations on the radio, on the dial. And that's it. Uh, and, and, and bam, uh, an accident can happen. But you, you have to be aware. I mean, the onus is on you to pay attention as a bicyclist, as a pedestrian, as a motorcyclist, because cars are not looking out for you. Now, the other thing that I have found is successful is, is people in, in cars that look out for being rear-ended. I don't know if you do this, but the, if you come to an abrupt stop or you're beginning to slow down a, the, the least bit aggressively while driving, always look in the rearview mirror. If you figured out where the car is in front of you, take a moment and look behind you. And you will find that that exercise can save your life. Because if you see an out-of-control car coming at you that does not look like it's going to stop, then you need to, you need to find another lane to get yourself into quickly. Even if perhaps you're going to hit somebody, scrape somebody, get up on a curb, whatever it is, get out of the way. You can avoid a very serious accident. Now, this actually brings me to a, a thing that I, I realized over the weekend. So I talked to a couple of clients and, you know, I, I'm an attorney here in town. So when I'm not doing the radio show, I'm practicing law. And I am I am astounded, friends. I've spoken about this before, but I'm astounded. By how many people I've spoken to in, in the time since I opened my firm here in Vegas, how many people have been solicited by shady lawyers at the scene of car accidents and other, other injuries? I, by the way, anytime there is a news story, like the one I'm reading here about the bicyclist that was hit and killed on Sunday, there is a cottage industry in this town of investigators, of, you know, fixers, of, of tow truck operators that get together and they find a way to get to the victims, the victims' families, and begin proposing what lawyer they ought to go to. And what happens behind the scenes, of course, is that there's a exchange of money. And it can be quite a bit. These cappers, is what they're called, can make thousands of dollars off you. So they're, they're calling you to help. They're calling you and sending you flowers. They're offering to pay for a funeral. What they're, what they're looking to do is get paid. Also, the other thing, and people do not know this, it is absolutely illegal in Nevada, in California too, to solicit at the scene of a car accident, to have a tow truck driver say, hey, this is my, this is my lawyer. Go call this guy. 
or to listen or have a have a uh, a capper, a third party intermediary come in and tell you you really need to go to this guy. This is all so so illegal and unethical and happens here all the time. Friends, don't do it and and spread the word. All right, when we come back, let's talk a little bit of politics. Ultra MAGA. It's a new slur that uh, Biden's come up with. Well, actually, it's not Biden. It's um, someone else. But he's saying it. And uh, is it going to stick? Does it matter? Is it going to move the needle politically? I don't think so. What's Right Show, back right after this. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash Injury Law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash Injury Law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234 or Sam and Ash Law. Because you deserve what's right. All right, welcome back. What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky, your host, reporting for duty. Bottom of the hour. Uh, Snoop Dogg, I don't know if you heard this, uh, saying he's considering a Twitter purchase uh, since Musk uh, may or may not be dropping out. Uh, this is, uh, of course, not serious, but uh, does uh, make me think uh, if there are any other potential buyers to Twitter and what that would do with the platform. And I and I, I came to a realization. There's only one guy that will make Twitter valuable. I mean, if Twitter, let's say Twitter was taken over by these. By the, uh, you think it's bad now. What if it was taken over by Nina Jankowitz, the ministress of truth? Can you imagine if it became ins- it, it, as insufferable as they actually want it to be? Then the, the net effect of that, of course, would be that the platform would be completely useless and people would I, I mean, it would it would eventually die out. I'm reminded of. The great experiment over was it Air America? Was it the the liberal talk show network? They said, "Well, we've got Rush Limbaugh, we've got these big talkers and conservatives, so we're going to create a liberal answer to it." And it failed because it was miserable to listen to. Many of you are uh, are old enough to remember this experiment and what a what a delight it was to watch it go up in flames. Uh, because uh, because the fact of the matter is people don't want to turn uh, the dial over to a station where some guy is making an apologetic excuse for every one of his sins. <laughs> and that's what it was. A bunch of white dudes uh, prostrating themselves in front of the altar of political correctness. So there it is. It's not going to work. Snoop Dogg, I don't, you know, would, it's not actually serious about him buying Twitter or doing anything like that. But it made me think, you know, really, the Musk might be just one of very few people in America who could do the right thing with it. Uh, in his field, maybe Peter Peter Thiel uh, is another name that comes to mind as somebody who who would be a a uh, a great steward of the program, but um, of the uh, yeah of the platform. But I I don't know. Oh, and McDonald's. McDonald's, all 850 of its locations in 
Russia are to be sold, uh, permanently getting out of Russia following the uh, Ukraine invasion. So I'm again, uh, let me explain something to you. They could buy all those locations back and they, they could reinstate a presence at some future time. This is uh, this will be an interesting exercise to see how they get their money out of Russia, given the mutual sanctions in place. So I, 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 I will watch that, too. And and I eventually I see them coming back, depending on how things shake out. Now. There's an election coming up in the fall. People are talking about it. <laughs> and if you have a Democrat friend uh, that maybe you've adopted, uh, that you are, you know, caring for emotionally during these challenging times. Uh, be prepared for some tears this November. Now, if you do talk to Democrats like I do, you you will really realize that they're terrified too, and they know that there's a bloodbath coming, and they realize many of them that this that the direction that the party has taken is just bananas. Now, the Democrats, the White House together have put their put their minds to work. And what have they come up with? They have come up with this ultra MAGA shtick that they are now repeating over and over again. I saw that, you know, remember when Trump would come up with a with a name, right? I always talk about this, you know, Crooked Hillary or Sleepy Joe. These names, he he kind of they, they just they they rolled off his tongue. You know, a lot of times you'd watch him make them up during a rally or they would just suddenly get used on Twitter. And and they were they were funny and they were funny because they they were they, they linked to some identifiable characteristics that people were willing to accept about the target of the of of, of the moniker. But it was also. The key to it was that the, that the <laughs> that that the moniker targeted a quality that was not flattering, that was pejorative, because nobody wants to be called sleepy, right? That's not a good thing. Nobody <laughs> wants to be called crooked, for that matter. <laughs> so, ultra maga. Now, the word ultra. Let's start with that. I'm not. I'm going to save the best for last. Trust me. I'm going to get to the maga part of it. The word ultra, that's a good word. Ultra, well, if you're, if you're erudite, which is a fancy way of saying smart. <laughs> ne plus ultra is a Frenchism that means the very best of the best. So ultra is a great word. It means tops, best, greatness, all this, right? MAGA. Let's talk about the MAGA brand for a moment. Do they really believe that MAGA is dead? I think they do. And that's why they've decided to run against half the country. Well, let's 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 talk about that for a second. There are a lot of people, myself included, who are have concerns about Trump. It does not mean that the movement that he started, the Make America Great Again movement, was not 
the purification that the Republican Party needed. For years, I have watched this party deteriorate a bunch of stuffy country club elitists who looked down on us, friends. They literally looked down on us Main Street Americans and thought themselves better than us. And every election cycle, they would, oh, they would roll up their sleeves and shake, you know, deign to shake our hand. Meet with us in our towns and cities. Give us lip service on immigration. I talk about this all the time. Give us lip service on on fiscal responsibility, on on being pro-business, being pro-small business, all of that bullcrap. I want to say the real word. I cannot because we are on air. And they did this every four years, every two years, every six years, depending on the office. And they played us over and over again. And we like sheep, we take, we took it. Because why? Because what was the alternative? And Trump came around with a very simple proposition, right? There were core issues that mattered to the heartland of America. And he won on that platform. And to the extent that the election wasn't monkeyed with, (laughs) he lost, in my view. He did not get enough votes to overcome the fraud. Because he strayed from some of those core things and did not get everything done that he needed to. And in his defense, of course, he had a bit of a headwind. But that does not mean that the principles that got him elected, that the issues that united Americans, that brought in disenchanted Democrats, independents, Republicans, that brought those people together, that that is dead Because it's not. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth. The Democrats, they fundamentally do not understand it. These elitists do not get it. They still are stuck in the paradigm that Hillary Clinton stepped into. (laughs) Well, betrayed, right? She the paradigm's always been there, right? The what did she call us? Deplorables. This is their deplorable moment. They're taking an entire swath of America, call it 40% of us, of Americans, right? They're taking that group and, and just, and, dis, and dismissing it, that they don't need us. But it's not that. It's that they don't understand us. They don't understand what the Trump thing was all about. We want from all of this, a resurrection of the Republican Party as pro-small business, pro-legal immigration, putting America first and not the rest of the world, treating American workers with dignity, investing into our economy, lowering taxes, lowering regulations, allowing entrepreneurs in this country to do great things, securing our borders, These are winning issues. And these, you know, guys that won the election a year ago, 
have come into office thinking they've got some kind of mandate and they are they and they are in the process of destroying our economy from top to bottom. And if the best they can come up with is this ultra MAGA slur calling Trump the MAGA king and all this nonsense, this is not going to work. It's going to come down to George H.W. Bush being told by Bill Clinton in 1992, it's the economy, stupid. Because there's no denying when Trump left office, the economy was in great shape in spite of to what a year of of insanity with covid. We were energy independent. Inflation was in check. And policies one in one year in this entire experiment under under Biden is coming undone. And they are picking the wrong. They are picking the wrong issue. They are looking for boogeymen and they are only highlighting how out of touch they are with all of us. All right. I got to take a quick time out. Don't go anywhere. Of course, we have a what the hell did Joe Biden say when we come back after this? But other stuff, too. I, I, I know there's not enough time in this one hour to get to everything. You're listening to What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here. Uh, yeah, don't go anywhere. Be right back. Okay, I have found a great reason to vote for Trump in 2024. I just found out that uh, Dr. Fauci says he would retire. He would quit if Trump were to retake the presidency. Dr. Anthony Fauci bluntly said no when CNN's Jim Acosta, Acosta, but, you know, he always seems like he's (laughs) somebody surprised him. Jim Acosta asked him if during an interview on Sunday he would want to stay on as the director of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases. Uh, Fauci, 81, has been there, if you can believe it, since 1984. (laughs) He just says, uh, no, no thanks, I definitely would be out. Uh, And he also took a moment to dig at the former administration saying that their response to the crisis was less than optimal. I don't even want to hear from this guy anymore. Totally discredited clown in my book. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And and my favorite early memory, of course, of Fauci during the pandemic is that uh, he just loved getting up and being in front of the cameras. You could tell from go how much he loved being center stage. By the way, if you're just tuning in, (laughs) you're listening to What's Right Show. Here on News Talk 840 KXNT, Sam Rajofsky, that's who I am, local lawyer and truth teller. Every every day, uh, every weekday, two to three is where I'm at right here. And of course, if you miss any portion of the program, please find the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, look up What's Right Show. And that's where we will be. That's where you'll find us. And you can subscribe and, and catch all the past uh, episodes that we've we've done. And it, it's a fun, it's a fun time, guys. I, I love being with you. It's a pleasure being here. And uh, and yeah, so Fauci, I just remember going through the pandemic and I. Uh, this guy loves the cameras. I think he loves the cameras more than Trump. And then somewhere in it, we we didn't have enough masks. 
And so Fauci got up and said, you don't really need to wear a mask. A mask does not do make any difference. And, you know, and then later, of course, he changed his position. And he said that's because at the time we didn't have masks. I was, you know, I, I had to do what I could not to, you know, spark panic buying of a difficult to get commodity. Now, when I say live by the sword, die by the sword, I mean, you know, you cannot criticize people for doing things that are politically expedient when you yourself have no qualms about doing the same. And that's the issue with Fauci. He, at (laughs) several turns, did what was politically expedient, not in the name of science, but in the name of his role as a government employee of a government-funded center that you know studied these, these diseases. I'm not even going to get into the fact that COVID, in a way, uh, may not have happened were it not for Fauci. That his lobbying and work with the Chinese lab that we, by the way, it was every effort to cover this up. But the more that comes out, uh, it becomes... Uh, frankly clear that this this thing did come from a lab in Wuhan and it did come from a result of this gain of function research that Fauci, uh, you know, championed and 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 sought to fund uh, through Congress. So I look this guy uh, best reason to vote for Trump is to get rid of Fauci. I'm sure he'll quit by then. But 81 uh, still going strong and still uh, still enjoying the cameras. All right. Earlier today, Biden was giving a uh, a, a speech, a, a remarks to a group of people being awarded the Medal of Valor. Uh, there were 15 officers, including two who died in active duty. Now, the, the remarks were, were lengthy. But toward the end of it, it almost sounded like Biden was running out of air and energy. He just started to. Uh, gasp at the end. Listen to this. Uh, may God bless you, keep you safe, and uh, may God protect all firefighters and all police officers. Like I said, you're, you're the character of the country, and you're the best of all of them. Thank you all for being here. Appreciate it. Well, I hope uh, that Biden got the memo from the rest of the Democratic Party. Uh, I, nobody's going to be very happy with him calling police officers the character of the country. This is off script. <laughs> and that's why you can see, you can hear his voice getting low. He does this when he gets off script. And the minute that this happens, his handlers start fretting. And you can see this in the clip. His staff just live in paralyzed fear. Over what's going to come out of his come out of his mouth. Now, of course, he's right. And sometimes the way Biden irritates his handlers the most is when he speaks the truth. Uh, Police officers, by and large, uh, are the ones that rush into danger. Firefighters the same. They're an embodiment of selflessness, of fearlessness. And uh, I, for one, refuse to define, you know, the, the, the many good ones with the few bad. But that is not the official position, my friends, of the new Democratic Party. 
So it'll be interesting to see how this is spun in the days ahead as it begins. These comments get challenged at the next uh, press conference. Now, let me tell you here, just against the backdrop of this of this ailing president, the uh, ex-Federal Reserve chair now, Ben Bernanke, is saying that there is a real risk that the U.S. economy is headed toward stagflation for the first time since the 70s. And uh, we see that uh, there uh, the chances of a recession are very, very high. Um, I, I, I just I am in absolute fear over this dithering leadership that we have in Washington, this obsession with things that do not matter. Consumption with turning our economy green, they're still talking about windmills. I mean, <laughs> we're going to the pump. We're paying these astronomical prices, which, of course, fuel in turn also creates the price, you know, pressure on all goods that have to be transported. And they're talking about windmills. Absolutely bananas. All right, friends, we got to go. It's been an hour. It's been fun. I appreciate it. I'll be back here again tomorrow. Tune in 2 p.m. right here on News Talk 840 KXNT and get the podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify. What's Right Show. And we are there. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.